right, Rad Dads, and we're back, and we have a special guest with us tonight. I'm Rob. I'm Sal. And, and I'm Mark. And Mark's joining us. So excited, Mark, to have you on. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here with the Rad Dads. I'm I, Like we were just saying before we got in here, I'm the awesome dad, representing the Awesome Dad Network, teaming up here with the Rad Dads. Excited to be here. It's great to have you on. So we met on, on Clubhouse and then kind of Instagram and started doing social media. Um, so as we were talking before, I just want to kind of talk about, you know, you yourself, your, your, you know, fatherhood experience. Um, if you don't mind, how many children do you have and what ages are they? Yeah, I got two kids. Uh, my daughter is going to be five this weekend and my son is going to be two in about two weekends. So two and five. Oh, that, that's good age. Wow. Birthdays right back to back. Happy yep. birthday. Best of both worlds. Yeah. Two boy girl and i always told my my wife i'm like our son's gonna be so lucky because now he gets to hang out with the older chicks in high school so he's gonna be cleaning <laughs> up with those seniors and the juniors uh i'm sure my daughter's not gonna be too happy about it but we know uh, what to do <laughs> have you uh ha has he shown any signs of the terrible twos yeah i mean listen he's a toddler right there's they're just yes. a bundle of energy and it's just it's just going to be pushed in some direction, whether that's the positive or negative. It's, it's just always energy, 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 energy. Uh, but he's for the most part, just a bundle of smiles, but you know, he's a toddler. That's amazing. That's amazing. The, the best part is trying to figure out when they're that age, what, if something is wrong, just trying to figure out what is wrong because <laughs> they really can't talk yet. Right. They know something's wrong. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they make you aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that we kind of talk about that we feel is important, obviously, is, is fatherhood and, and family, um, family traditions. So is there anything that you've done since, you, you know, having kids that you've turned into a family tradition? So, there, I mean, there's a lot of different things, right? And kids definitely thrive on ritual, right? Putting a certain process, routine, and routine is, is absolutely just crucial when you're a parent with kids. Um, one of the things that we try to do daily is go on some sort of walk in the evening. Uh, it's either a walk. So I get home from work or, you know, finish my, my side hustle, whatever I'm doing for the day. And then we try to at least set aside two hours for that. Uh, we also set aside Sundays being like, you know, no side hustling, no business Sunday all day. I, I charted out in my calendar because I just had so many things going on guys. And I, I realized I knew I wanted to be an awesome dad. I wanted to be there for my kids, but at the same time, I knew that long-term I needed to provide for them, right? So how are we going to provide for them long-term? The world's changing. Jobs are coming and going. What kind of jobs are going to be relevant? Heck, we don't even know what the dollar is going to be versus Bitcoin in 10 years. <laughs> right? So <laughs> I, I realized that, you know, we got, I got to support my kids in different ways, but I, I definitely, I'd say as far as rituals and, you know, Sunday is a sacred day. I just spend it with the family. That's what, that's what that day is. So you, you, you mentioned something really important because I, I don't want to say I struggle with this, but I think that's the identifying line between, um, these, these gazillionaires, you know, these multimillionaires or billionaires and, and just normal Joe, like, like, like we are is they sacrifice the family for the empire that they build. Mm. So look, they're building an empire for their family. You know, they're, they're providing for their family, you know, with all, all everything that they're making, they're doing it for their family, but then you sacrifice that time spent. You, it's, I mean, that's the, 
that's the jam. That's the trap, yes. right? You're trying to build a business. You're trying to build a life for your family, trying to put kids through college, trying to give them the best life possible. But as a result, you're missing out on special things, special events. I'll give you a perfect example. For the first several years of my daughter's life, I was coaching the soccer team. But right now on Saturdays, every Saturday, I'm hosting a room in Clubhouse. It's a grow your podcast room, basically, right? It's a great room, very powerful, getting some of the top podcasters and social media influencers in the room, just tremendous value. It's, it's been a really great experience, but that's Saturday morning. And my daughter decided that she had to play soccer on Saturday morning with her friend. <laughs> so I got caught between a rock and a hard place. I'm running this room, it's driving leads, I'm meeting new people, delivering value but it's my daughter's soccer game and I've been their coach. Right. Um, so I don't know if y'all have experienced that, but that's been something that I've been struggling with in trying to decide how do I want to build my life so that I can be there financially for my family. I can build the necessary tools in my, my tool belt, but at the same time, I'm not missing out on the soccer games. You know, it's, it's this right. challenge. Right. So, so Rob, Rob and I are both coaches. Uh, you gotta excuse my dog. Rookie, Rob rookie. and I are both coaches. I, I, I coach my youngest. I'm the head coach of the soccer team. Um, and Rob coaches his son in baseball. So before his season started, my season was my, my season already begun. And then once, once our practices, we, before the season started, we had, you know, three nights, four nights, Rob and I could pick which night worked best for us. Now it's like one or two, maybe. Yeah. yeah and it makes it because practice. Re, you know, rescheduled games. If you were to look at our calendar calendar, there's like very limited time because of all the coaching that we're doing. So I coach, mm. I coach one team. I don't coach my younger son because it's just too much to coach two. Cause it would have been like five or it probably would have been six nights a week almost. It's just too much. And then South coaching hit one of the tra travel soccer teams. So just between the two organizing when, when we're meeting up and, and doing recordings and doing. Um, we do bourbon tasting too, so we have to add those tracks in. Do our re-record re our closing. It's it's interesting. And honestly, I was listening to your ten a, ten a.m. Uh, on Saturday until baseball started, and then I realized last week. I think last week my younger son had a game. I'm I'm missing Mark's room. I'm like son of a gun. I'm like, but I have to be present, right? So. Right. I was like, all right, I'll get back on when it, when time permits. And you're, you know, you're great on sending out the, honestly, all the notes that I have, you sent them out and I was like, all right. So I took notes and then Mark sends me a recap anyway. So anything I missed, I, I get it in his, <laughs> in his email. Nice. Yeah. I mean, those, those notes I've been sending out from those rooms. Also, I I'm doing a custom podcast once a week too, where I'm breaking it down, like condensing down hours and hours worth of information for podcasters and digital media, uh, entrepreneurs condensing it down into a 15 minute segment, which has been, been really cool. But back to the point, Rob, about realizing that, hey, I'm, I'm missing out on something for, for another thing, right? It, that type of priority conversation, I think as fathers, we always need to be talking to ourselves about this because it's so easy to get caught up in the situation that Sal's talking about where it's, it's always chasing the dollar or the promotion or the next thing, the next achievement. You're, you're never gonna get back that five-year-old birthday right? or that, that first soccer goal. Um, but one of the right. things that right. I've, I've looked at doing, and I had Evan Carmichael on my show, who's a tremendous YouTuber, and, and he had this great piece of advice. He said, theme out your days, figure out what days you're going to be doing what. So for example, you're talking about recording a podcast, you might have one podcast recording day a month. 
example. You're going to do four or five interviews on this day. Um, or maybe it's every Tuesday night we're going to do something. Right? Um, and then every Sunday is family day. Saturday is workout day, whatever, whatever your priorities are. Yeah, but theming out days is a good way to get around that work-life balance and, and figure it out. Yeah, so, so Sundays are soccer Sundays. We have, we're on the field all day. Um, Mondays, at least Mondays and Wednesdays for Rob and I to pick which day works best yep. for us for recording. And then the rest is practices. And So since you've become an entrepreneur, this is actually, this is one of my questions and it, and it leads perfectly into what we were just discussing. What's the impact been on your family? How have you been able to balance? I mean, there's, there's pros and cons, right? Because when I set out on this journey to this journey of learning and trying new things, and it's, it's a lot of late nights, it's long hours, like we talked about, it's Saturdays, but there's something that happens to you as a human being, um, and as a, I think as a father as well, you have this innate need to, to provide value and again, provide that security to your family. And when you're just going through the motions at your nine to five job and you're not really happy and your, your gut's kind of starting to stick out and your boss is not giving you the respect that you deserve, you, you, you kind of start to slink back and then you're, you're not even really present in the right state of mind when you're with your kid. And I remember we went out to dinner one night. I remember this so vividly. We're out at dinner and you know, we're, we're ordering our Chinese food and I just really wanted uh, shrimp fried rice. And she's like, we don't do shrimp fried rice. I'm like, I was so upset about this, this little thing. It's so tiny. Right. But I was, you know, as I was sitting in the car with my wife, I just recognized that something's got to change. I don't like this mental state that I'm in, but there's something about that desire and that need to be better than yesterday and to just be a little bit better than yesterday that you cannot lose. Because if you lose that, your kids are going to be impacted in, in ways that I don't think you can really understand until years down the road. Still working a, a nine to five plus a side hustle. My day job, I run an insurance agency. Okay. I run and manage an insurance agency and then by night and by off hours, I'm running the social media agency, which is starting to build up some momentum too. I thought you, this was your full-time gig for as much as I see you on for as much as you're posting. <laughs> that's absolutely amazing. That's what I do, Rob. I've built out systems. I build out teams that allow me to be everywhere at all times, because the reality is that the way that the world is going, you absolutely have to have a social media presence. You want to, whether it's to find a new job in the future, your, your LinkedIn is your resume. That's your resume now, right? If, if you yeah. wanna launch a business or move into a new, launch a product, write a book, you can, nothing happens without that social media presence. Just to, this morning, we didn't know where the soccer field was for my daughter's soccer game, right? Or this, this afternoon, I went to their Facebook page. I found, you know, you, you've gotta have that presence. And that's, that's really what I do. That's really what I'm passionate about is helping people develop that presence, put it, be everywhere at all times without sacrificing the, the special moments, without sacrificing things that really matter. I don't want to give out the secret sauce, Spe Mark. Is there something you suggest for people to kind of do that, be everywhere at once? And I don't, I don't want to cut into your business or give away what you guys the, the big key, Rob, is you need to be able to create, so there, I mean, listen, there's a lot of different things that go into it, right? I have a standard operating procedure book that's about 20 pages long, right? Uh, with a bunch of videos that I, I use to help train my, my team members and new team members. Um, but the, the real thing is figuring out a way to make anchor content, a long form piece, long form piece of anchor content like we're doing right now with a, a video, a video interview, a video podcast, something like this, and then 
putting in all the systems in the team or outsourcing it to a company like like mine and having them chop it up, redistribute it, maximize it, and then distribute it all over social media. Because then you as the, as the father, as the business owner, uh, you're able to, to focus on developing relationships, focus on your business, focus on the things that really matter. And then you know that everything else is taken care of on the back end. All you just do is show up for an interview with someone that can potentially be uh, a leg up. So that's, that's the key. So now, let's speak, speaking on social media, what is your take about your children on social media? Well, I'm glad I'm not there yet <laughs> with it two and five. <laughs> um, I, I definitely think about it. I worry about it. I mean, social media is incredibly powerful at impacting the way that we think, even as adults. I can't even imagine yes. how powerful it's going to be for a five-year-old or six-year-old. Honestly, I, I don't see me putting my kids on something like Facebook till years down the road. Um, we even avoid even something like YouTube kids, you know, and I love YouTube. YouTube is, I love YouTube, but I just found her one too many times watching something. I was like, what the heck are you watching? What is it? Uh, it's not this, yeah. and it wasn't necessarily bad or vulgar, which is weird, just really weird. <laughs> You know what I mean? There, there's a lot of. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. I've had to pull my son off of YouTube all the time. And the worst part is with this digital learning or this distance learning, the schools actually use YouTube. So while yeah. we've blocked it from his devices, pretty much all of them, the school laptop, I can't block it on because they need it. So I'll walk into his room. He's like, Dad, why are you coming in here? I'm like, What are you watching? And, yeah. and it's like something stupid. I'm like, Dude, you're supposed to be doing your math homework. Like, focus on that. And then, like, I, he's like, oh, I was doing my math homework. I was like, flip back to the other screen. I was like, do you really think I was born yet? Like, do you think I'm that naive? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, all right. Like, but yeah, yeah I'm kind of, sure. yet. And, and, and I'm sure when I get there, I'm going to start doing more research into different apps. I met the, the team from Bark at the dad 2.0 conference last year before the world, which went, you know, went to crap with COVID. Uh, but I spoke at the dad 2.0 conference. I got to meet the team at bark. They've got a really cool product that basically protects your, your daughters from being propositioned online. Right. You know, you, you don't want your 13 year old daughter meeting up with some 25 year old dude. Right. Um, and so that's what bark does. It helps protect your, your kids from, um, predators. So that, that would be something. That's pretty at. cool. That's nice. In being a father, what have your children taught you as being a father? I think that my, my kids, my daughter specifically, I think she's my oldest, who was my first kind of like leap into fatherhood, but it, it just, she lit a spark in me. She lit a fire in me and it was, it's, it's a really powerful thing that I don't think anyone will ever understand unless you're a father. Um, she's again, she just lit this kind of desire in, in me to be better and to improve and to just reassess the trajectory that my life was on. Where was I going to be in five years? Where was I going to be in 10 years? What, what do I need to change in order to change the trajectory? I remember sitting down with my grandfather uh, who, who passed away last, last year. And he, he pulls out, he says, Mark, I want to talk to you. He comes, he sits me down next to him. He's in his easy chair, he pulls out this big red binder and he starts flipping through the pages. Right. And he's just showing me newspaper clippings and old pictures and awards he had won just going through his life. Right. And I, I remember this, this feeling that one day I'm going to sit down with my grandchild, my daughter's child, right? My grandchild. And I'm going to be doing the same thing. And what are the pages of my story going to look like? And I don't think that I would have gotten there without that almost prehistoric feeling that you get when you, you bring another 
human being into this world. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I like that. That was a real eye opener. I agree because it's so easy to get caught in that trap of going to go to college. I'm going to get the job. I'm going to move up in my career. I'm going to come home. I'm going to do this before you know it. You blink. Your life is over and your kids are in college. What are you supposed to do then? Right. By that time, you know, you look back, it's like, oh, my God, what, what did I spend, you know, 18 years doing with my children? Well, and with kids, you know, my, my oldest daughter. Yeah. I mean, with kids, Sal, you see the differences so quickly. Right. It's yeah. like every week they change as adults. We don't feel it. it. It happens more slowly. So it's kind of like it creeps up on us. You know, my, my oldest daughter's 12 it's gone by so fast. But I love that you're doing something like this, right? You're you're innovating. You're trying new things. You're creating. I think that you get so much value as a as a human being, as a father, when you feel that sense of accomplishment, the sense of doing something, of putting out something meaningful. Yes. Absolutely. Just, this is, this is our way of giving back to other dads. And, you know, we like to share our experiences raising kids. And if it's something that, that we went through, we'd like to share it. Maybe another dad is going through the same thing and, and they might be saying, oh, okay, maybe I'm not the only one that that's going through this, going through this. There's other dads experiencing the same thing. Yeah. And we've had some, we've had some interesting guests on too. We had a dad whose um, child passed away, and that was that was probably one of the harder interviews we had to do in, in the 40, 40 episodes we've had. And it, I mean, it was hard for me, and it, and it was probably easier for him to talk about because he's kind of gone through it. But definitely an interesting, an interesting interview and a good episode because that story that he gives and and who he talks to because he was very big about getting the message out because he feels that people in his experience need that other you know avenue to to hear from other people who have experienced the same thing and you know don't don't think you're in the this alone there's other people who have experienced it here's what we've gone through here's what groups have said you know he was very open about his experience and and what the impact it had on his on his marriage on on his on his life and you know i just i was glad we could provide that on on our podcast yeah it was a great interview so, and it's important that those messages are, are shared because to your point, you know, when I started the awesome dad show and I started the awesome dad group, I just felt that there weren't a lot of resources. I we're I'm always hearing about mom and mom and mom, and but there was never a lot of like, you know, the importance of dad, you know, and I think that we do a disservice to our children by not getting our fathers more involved. And we do a disservice to fathers that, you know, we feel empty when we don't, when we're not able to impact our kids' lives in a positive way. Gone are the That's days cool. where, you know, when I was growing up, my dad worked, mm -hmm. you know, my mom took care of the house, everything with the house. And then my father, when we moved to a different house, he cut the lawn, he did everything outside. My mom took care of everything inside. Gone are the, those days, you know. Now it's two, if you have two, two parents working, you know, you gotta chip in and, and share responsibilities what you said mark of there haven't been a lot of resources for fathers is the exact reason we wanted to start this because we felt yeah. very similar and i think for us it was looking back at you know we both have 10 year olds and sal has irish triplets or whatever they're called um <laughs> 10 11 and 12. but it, you know when looking back when we became fathers it was there really wasn't a lot it's to expect when expecting and then as we kind of progressed we felt there really wasn't like even talking to our dad the other day, I was like, hey, if it, you know, do you listen to the podcast? Someone I've known since college. I was like, do you listen to the podcast? He's like, no, not really. I was like, would you be up for like, you know, maybe like a, a dad's 2.0 conference or something, something different, less formal and, you know, more, more like fun activities. Like, yeah, I don't want that. He goes, 
I have that with my pals in, in town. And I'm like, all right, not every dad needs it, but I know the more dads I talk to, the more who actually need it and need that like summit or retreat or something like that. You just don't know where to go to find it. It's amazing. I, well, I love the I love the idea of dads or, or pals in town because that's another thing that gets lost when you get married and you have kids. Like all the old meetups with your buddies, like maybe you get once a week to play poker or, or go yeah. fish. Maybe, maybe, but you know, that male camaraderie is also lost, I think. And, and that's it, very uh, difficult and I think harmful for fathers as well to lose that confidence. Again, another reason why getting into this this mindset of being better than yesterday, of creating, of just you know not getting so focused on uh, what everyone else is doing, but what can I do to be a little bit better and to achieve that that long term vision? Because that vision is is you just can't lose it. You, you can't yeah. lose it. And people are going to try to tell you that your vision is wrong or you're moving the wrong direction or you're not. You, but you got to be true to yourself. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we haven't done yet that when I was just looking at your LinkedIn page, it was like, oh man, you went, you went all in, is really starting up the LinkedIn page and putting my profile along with, with our podcast. Because I know yeah. people at work know about it, but not everyone knows about it. And to blast it across my, my network would be very interesting to see the reaction from, from my- Own it, you need to yeah. own it, bro. Exactly. You're, you're putting it out there, you're putting out positive vibes, you're bringing on great guests, you need to, to own it. You should be telling every single person that you, um, that, I mean, if, if you want a successful podcast that impacts yeah. people, that's what you gotta do. You gotta spread the word. Exactly. Um, so I, I want to pivot it away from fatherhood and I want to, I don't think if you realize it yet, I, maybe you do, you're an expert in the podcasting world. Now you're considered an expert, <laughs> right? So I know when I just listened to one of your, your last episodes, you were like, I brought, brought, brought on Pat Flynn. I'm like, you are the next Pat Flynn. What are you talking about? Like, what are you? <laughs> Who cares? You brought on Pat Flynn. I've got a long show. way to. I, I'm. A, I got a long way to go on my journey, but I, I appreciate know, but that. You know, you're definitely representing. So, what would be some of your advice for people starting out in the podcasting industry? So, rule number one is clarity. You want to be as clear as possible with your name, with your description, who your show is for. You know, one of the things that I ask a lot of people when they come on stage, and I, I love doing Q and A, is you know, what's the name of your show? What's it about? And how can we help you grow it? Right. That's what I ask. And Rob, so many people, when they start talking about what their show is about, it's like three minutes explaining what their show is about. Really. I think in order to have a successful podcast, you need to be clear who's it for and be able to explain that very, you know, as quickly, quickly as possible. So I think that's number one. Number two is don't focus on downloads, focus on consistent improvement. You know, just make sure that each episode is a little bit better than the last. Maybe the editing is a little bit tighter. The the sound quality is a little bit better. Um, is that that's number two? And I'd also and then three is consistency. Three is consistency. Uh, consistent. You know, picking a cadence and and going all in consistently. I tell you, that when I launched the Awesome Dad Show, I went into it saying that I'm going to record one episode a week for one year. Then I'm going to see where I'm at. If, if, if I don't get one download, I'm going to go for one episode a week for a year. And by the end, I, I'd gotten a lot of downloads. I had spoken at conferences. I had met professional athletes, and celebrities, and presidential candidates, and all these interesting people. Um, but at the end, what I decided, and this was interesting, was, you know, now that I'm here, let's reassess. Because to me, and I don't know if, if y'all have experienced this, when you're trying to build something, you, you start out and you think that it's going to look one way. 
Like you think that your podcast is about X and it's for person Y, but what you end up finding, what you end up finding out is you learn more about your audience. You learn more about your topic and you end up niching down. You end up having these micro pivots with your show. And it, those micro pivots are really important knowing when and how to pivot. Um, I think can make all can make all the difference. So though, I think those would be my my top takeaways for just starting off. You know what's funny about the the first one you said is being clear and descriptive about your podcast is after I went in the year 10 a.m. on on Clubhouse. I think the next day I went into another room and Manny was there, Manny Cabo, and yeah. he pulled me off the stage. He goes, "You're the dad who talks about dads and bourbon." He goes, "What a better podcast than that?" I was like. Dude, how yes. you, I was on stage for five seconds and he remembered and immediately identified me. So I, I can't, I a hundred percent agree with you. You have to be clear. You have to be prescriptive. You have to have something catchy, something that people are going to catch up to because obviously yeah. there's a thousand pod, dad podcasts, but, and there's a thousand bourbon podcasts, but there's not a podcast that does ads and bourbons. And that's, that's our niche. We like, those are the things we like to do. You know, those are the things we like, we enjoy talking about. So. Definitely. Well, that's another thing I think that's important with your clarity is using some sort of keyword in your title, something that people are actually searching for. So many people are typing in, you know, that when I launched my first show, it was, it was originally called act dad, which is a clever name. It was clever, but it wasn't, it wasn't searchable. Nobody's typing in act dad. People mm -hmm. might type in dad or father, but not. So anyway, uh, using some sort of keywords in your title is, is really important for search too. Yeah. That's, that's a good SEO, uh, uh lesson right there. So there's so many social media platforms. I think you kind of keyed in on this before um, with what your, your, what your media company does, but would you advise our listeners to focus on one in particular or, you know, go for them all, which is unre unrealistic in my mind, but <laughs> I'd love to hear your take. Yeah, I, I think that focusing in on two platforms specifically is where you want to be really going and focusing in on two platforms, you know, cause there's a lot of different strategies to build up a social platform. But, um, one of the big ways you're going to get there is building up a community, building a relationship with other people. It's hard to do that when you're spread across four or five or six different platforms. You, you really want to focus in on two platforms that your demographic or your target audience is living on. And you, you want to go hard there. You want to do things that are unique, things that are eye popping. Um, and then depending, you know, depending on what's going on in the landscape, you, you might shift because social media changes all the time, which is, I think what really is challenging for people, you know, you focus on pumping out this consistent content and then one day it's not working anymore. Well, because things have changed, the algorithms change, the, you know, the audience is moving somewhere else. So you need to be constantly trying new things, which is another challenge. I think at the end of the day, Rob, if you're trying to manage everything by yourself, go hard on two platforms. Okay. And then I, I would, if, if it's possible, you want to outsource as much as you can either to a virtual assistant that you hire or to a firm like Mark Spont media to an agency that, that can manage it. But it, it just depends. You're either going to, you, you'll put in time or you're going to put in money and, and figuring out what's more valuable. Now, now you mentioned this Mark Savant media. I, I've heard this before. I heard this guy is, is excellent <laughs> at what he does and he's phenomenal at the product that he puts out. Yeah. You know, I hear good things. It's all good. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, uh, one of the things that we really focus on is just can always trying new things, always trying new things. In fact, uh, my, my podcast, the after hours entrepreneur, 
I dropped it down from three interviews a week to one interview a week because I just felt I wasn't getting the connection with people. And I also felt that I wasn't able to put out the quality product. I wasn't able to experiment as much, you know? So that's another thing that you need to be focused on is being, being ready for those pivots along the way. I love that title, the after hours entrepreneur. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I really like that decision because I felt like, and this is my amateur point of view is we weren't getting a lot of mark. We were getting a lot of mark in interviews, but we weren't getting, and you've said it on some of your, on some of your, uh, your episodes is, is, you know, how I think it may have been the last one is, you know, you have to resonate with your fan base, regardless of who you're interviewing, yeah. you're building the relationship, not, you know, whoever you brought on most recently. So I, I liked it. I was actually, the other thing I do, I do like, and this is one of the things that I will say, um, that I like your podcast more than others that I've listened to. I don't have to fast forward through any ads. I don't have to, <laughs> there's not three minutes of ads to get into your content or that, you know, it's not a 20 minute podcast with 17, you know, 17 minutes of ads. And that's really eternal for some podcasts I've listened to. And that's, sure. you know, kudos to you that, you know, you can do that. Even if you build in like a minute worth of, of ads, that, that's cool. But you know, people are there for the content, not for the ads. So. Right, really, really right. Cool. But the reality is that, and you know this as well as I do, an immense amount of it, there's an immense amount of work that goes into producing a podcast. Oh, so, yeah. I, I I expect that one day I will be running ads when the the ends justify the means. You know, right now I don't I don't have to run ads because well for several reasons I'm monetizing in different ways. But I, I'm definitely looking into adding sponsorships in a way that makes sense. Right. But you're you're right. It's a turnoff when you have to listen to three minutes of useless ads in the, so I, like in the middle of the episodes, I don't really like that much either. But, um, you know, again, as an after hours entrepreneur, putting in lots of time in the after hours, you got to make your, your time is valuable. So you got to figure out the way, the way to get there. So you're going to like this question, or I think you're going to like this, like this question. If you give your, if you could give yourself advice 10 years, 10 years ago for 10 seconds, what would it be? Ah, this this is one of my questions, my rapid fire question. <laughs> I would say just focus on being better than yesterday. Just be better than yesterday. That's good advice. Just be better than yesterday. Man. That's great. Yeah. Even if it's just a little bit, that's yeah. You know, sometimes I, I think people struggle with that. That just just your goal should be better be better than yesterday don't worry about what someone else is doing a lot of people get wrapped up in that you know they want to try and keep up with the joneses do what's best for you and your family yeah so-and-so's got a mercedes okay great i drive a kia that's that's it <laughs> four wheels it gets me from point a to point b and and i think that advice goes it's it's, it's impactful in other ways too because you know, when I sit down at my computer and I'm like, okay, I got to bang out some work here. Sometimes you could just be overwhelmed with how much needs to be done. And that, that, that's been very hard for me, right? When I look at this huge list, I'm like, it's midnight. I need to get some sleep. And I'm like, but I have all this work to do. I got to be Gary V. I got to put, you know, I got to, blah, blah, blah. um, but what I realize is that if you just focus on just continuously being a little bit better than yesterday, it accumulates massively in massive ways. It's funny. You're the after hours. Um, before dawn. I can't, I like, I can't until, until midnight. I can get up at 4am and, and work through it and start editing and getting it out. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of extra time. And definitely, you know, going back to one of your earlier points, editing a podcast is, is a tremendous amount of time, especially if you want to get to the quality that we're, we're trying to get to. Um, yeah. 
I have a take on your rapid question. So I'm going to do it a little bit differently than you do. So I, and I told you I binge binge listen today. So I was like, Oh, what can I <laughs> give back to him? Um, so favorite cartoon, favorite cartoon, my favorite cartoon currently oh, or favorite, my, my favorite cartoon, your favorite. Right. So that, that, yeah, then not now, the, the one that comes to mind, there were so many good ones, but the one that comes to mind would be Chip and Dale. The Rescue Rangers, man, I love, oh, I love yeah. me some Rescue Rangers, yeah. man. It was a great show. Favorite yes, movie, was. favorite movie would have to be Braveheart. I just love that movie. That it's just so, it's so powerful. Yeah, it is. Uh, favorite food? Ooh, this is tough. I'll go with. I don't know. I'll go with a beef empanada. I, it's not oh, my favorite wow. food, but that's what I'm going with right now. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> favorite social media? My so uh, YouTube. Favorite dad moment? Yeah. This is a tough one because there's just so many, there's so many moments. I would say, you know, this moment happens a lot and it's kind of, this is an interesting question. I would say that my favorite moment is when my daughter will just out of the blue for no reason, just say, daddy, I love you. It's just, it's just something because I don't, that whole love, like I love you, lovey stuff. I, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. And my, my wife, (laughs) my wife to her chagrin, but I'm not. I'm not like, I'm not like that. Um, but there's something about when your do- when my daughter says that it just, it hits differently and, uh, it, it just, it just it melts. Just, yeah. It's, it's just out of nowhere. And you're like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something right. That's awesome. Favorite family vacation location. I'll go with uh captiva Island. We were actually just there last weekend. It's, it's on the Southwest coast of Florida, uh, just North of Sanibel Island. It's near Naples. Uh, nice. But it's a nice, it's just a nice island. It's it's a little bit more quiet. It's relaxing in a world that's nice. so crazy all the time. That's W my yeah. my place. Last one, best dad joke. This is uh, usually the stump. Yeah, I try, I try <laughs> to think. I, I don't have a specific dad joke. Um, the the one that comes to mind is not really a dad joke, but I guess it kind of is a dad joke. Um, but it, I'll say it because I I asked it to my daughter a couple days ago, and that's uh, is is your refrigerator running? You better go catch it. I know it's 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 not that good. That's I'm not a comedian. I'm not Jerry, um, but I got my daughter on it, so I feel I'm pretty good about. It. Um. <laughs> so, so usually usually during during the winter times when my kids have the sniffles and they say, "Daddy, my nose is running." My response would be, "Well, then you got to go catch it." <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's that's more dad appropriate. I like that. <laughs> So you're killing it on, on clubhouse. What are your thoughts on club clubhouse? Do you like it? Do you like where they're taking it? Yeah. And clubhouse is revolutionizing the way that we have events. It's revolutionizing the way that we communicate. It's revolutionizing podcasting. Um, very, very excited about what, about the opportunities. In fact, this, just this week I had Benji Travis on my show, big, big YouTuber and um, we actually recorded live in clubhouse. So I was recording the video with Riverside FM, just like this. And I was recording the audio from the interview on my roadcaster. So that's something I'm very excited about, about doing live recordings in clubhouse. You know, we talked about earlier about how do you show up everywhere? How do you create a social media presence? How do you stay top of mind? How do you become a thought leader? It's about creating more content in less time. So I'm really excited about the ability to deliver value in clubhouse while also creating interesting content. I didn't, I didn't add those two together when I, when I heard you talk about that on your, on your podcast, because 
really being present in clubhouse and having people come into the room and seeing you guys recording your podcast and just, you know, they come in and out and listen to what they want, but then they can also find it when you edit it out on through uh, your hosting service. Right. You know, we see this with every social media platform, they go in cycles. And when something is new and it's hot, you gotta go in hard. Because you know, if every platform, you know, Facebook announces they're going to do something, go hard on it. YouTube's doing YouTube Shorts, go hard. Like whatever the new thing is, you get a lot of you get a lot of free reach, you get a lot of free eyeballs and ear holes. So that's what you've got with Clubhouse right now. So, so I hear Facebook is going to do something something along the lines of Clubhouse. Yeah, Facebook, tw- Twitter already has uh, spaces. They're live. Facebook's are trying to do something. We'll see what happens. I, I don't know. You know, I think that right now Clubhouse has a lot of. It's like a cool place to be. It feels kind of like exclusive in a way. They're paving the way. They got some great features rolling out. They just uh, added the ability to add a Stripe account and get tips for running rooms, which is something I got to figure out sometime. Um, <laughs> but but I, I just don't know enough about Facebook yet. But. The, the, the challenge that I have with Facebook, there's, there's, so there's a pro, there's, there's my initial thoughts. I like, I love this question, Sal, because I've been thinking about this. The benefit of Clubhouse is, or of Facebook is there's already a lot of people there. Uh, you could have probably very easy integration with groups. So you could have like audio events for your groups, which could be a big way of growing your Facebook community, your Facebook group community. So I like that. The downside, though, is that Facebook is very distracting. It's very busy. There's so much going on. There's ads, there's swipe, yeah. there's stories. There's so much going on that that's kind of what makes Clubhouse cool. It's like you go in there, you see faces, and that's it. That's it. Yep. You see faces, hear voices, and that's it. There's there's no distractions. I agree 100%. Yeah. So that's my initial thought, but we got to see 100%. how it rolls out. Zuck, Zucks is a smart guy, you know, so. Sure. Indeed smart guy is. with lots of money. So they'll figure something yeah. out. <laughs> If you could impart a word of wisdom to either new dads, existing dads, and even podcasters, what would it be? Get comfortable with discomfort. (laughs) Start getting comfortable with discomfort, you know, because being a dad, you're going to be uncomfortable with a lot of things. You know, your wife put something on your daughter that you don't like. Be ready to be comfortable with discomfort, you know. Um, Be comfortable with discomfort because the reality is that I, I heard Jordan Peterson say this the other day that. The only thing guaranteed in life is that you're going to be suffering at some point. It's happened, you know, and, you know, it's really easy as a father to be on cloud nine and all of a sudden something terrible can happen. You know, your kid gets sick or something terrible can happen. So just being just being understanding that something is going to happen, be prepared for it, be mentally strong, because that, in my opinion, is one of your primary roles as a father, as a as a husband, as a partner. It's it's to it's it's to be that rock to be ready for when something happens so you can be prepared you're ready for it and you can help help your family and hopefully you've been following rule a be better than yesterday so that you know you've been building up okay we hit we took a hit something bad happened you know we got to replace the water heater cool we're going to keep going so that would be my my uh, thought comfortable with discomfort that's great i like it talked about all your uh all your your platforms where can where can our audience find you you can find uh, Mark Savant Media all over the web. Mark Savant Media on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, but w- what I would say is right now, I, I'm just really excited about what I'm doing with the After Hours Entrepreneur, the podcast. So you definitely want to check out the After Hours Entrepreneur podcast. It's just blowing up. Some of the guests that are coming in are bananas. 
Pat Flynn, David Meltzer, uh, Jasmine Stars coming up next week. It's just, it's just crazy. It's just, it's a really, really cool show. I'm excited about it. That's awesome. We passed 30 minutes. I'm sorry. I knew it was going to happen, but I was trying to keep us on target. It's really been a pleasure to have you on the show. Really, really, we're amped to have to even hear you accept. And glad you came on. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Glad to be part of the Rad Dad Show. It's awesome. Really love what you guys are doing. And if I can ever be of service, be of help, you know where to find me. Just hit. Mark, thank you very much. It was a pleasure meeting you. This was fantastic. Peace out. Have a good night. Thanks. What a great episode with Mark Savant. I uh, would just like to thank Mark for coming on our podcast. Uh, what a great time it was. Lots of information he shared with us uh, and definitely would love to have Mark on again. What do you think, Rob? I agree. And I think if you're looking for any help in social media, uh, cutting your podcast or anything to that, you know, um, any of those responsibilities, reach out to Mark Savant Media definitely a great guy he honestly answers questions for me all the time and and you know we we don't employ him so if we ever need a virtual assistant in the future we will most likely definitely reach out to him absolutely so mark savant media if you guys need help out there we'll put it in the liner notes one thing we didn't do is we didn't do a dad lesson and i think the dad lesson should be and we should put this in the notes is be comfortable in discomfort that was mark's lesson yes so have to, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable if you want to succeed. Yeah, and that that's true not only with fatherhood but in life in general. Well, I, I concur. Well, that's good. All right. <laughs> so on to one of our favorite bits of the night. We are on to bourbon tasting. We Sal selected this beautiful bottle, uh, Redwood Empire. Pipe that's right. Dream. I selected it. Bourbon whiskey. It is a blend of straight uh, whiskeys. There's a bourbon whiskey. I'm sorry. I messed up the liner notes. Uh, distillery is Redwood. Proof is 90, 45 alcohol by volume. It's a blend of four to 12 year old bourbons, which is interesting because that was the same as the other one, too. Yes. Batch size unknown. Mash bill is 75% corn, 21% raw rye, 4% malt barley. Very interesting. Um, this, this actually comes with a lot of awards. It got 94 points, uh, Tasting Panel Magazine in November 2020. It got the double gold at the SIP Awards in August 2020. We should go to some of these awards festivals. SIP Award? Would that be the SIP Award? The SIP Award. Yes. Thank you, (laughs) asshole. Uh, The San Diego, you got double gold at the San Diego Spirits Festival, September 2019. I mean, how don't we get invited to this? We're going to put that on the docket. Yeah, we got to get invited. And then the color that I'm seeing is I will go with a dark amber. What do you think, so? I concur. All right. So a little history about this is um, called Pipe Dream again. So it's named for the 14th tallest tree on the planet. Pipe Dream is our first bourbon whiskey. Pipe Dream bourbon is made from barrels aged between 4 to 12 years with a high corn mash bill, as we previously spoke. So it's not our first bourbon no like mine and yours it's redwood empire it's redwood empire i pulled it right from their website thank you sal for clarifying uh, you gotta do a better you gotta do a better job with the notes okay. rob smooth and complex it is true it is a true sipping whiskey so i'll read to you what they have on their website they say nose and aroma uh powerful nose with a sweet maple vanilla and a hint of honey well, it's definitely a powerful nose to check check i get the honey in the third glass the guy like really just inhale this is a slight hint of vanilla. Yes. Um, 
So we, we always taste our bourbon neat for, for this show, not for our, our evening nightcaps. Well, Sal does for his evening nightcap. But what's on the site is a rich, deep, and complex with roasted pecan. Pecan or pecans? Pecan. Vanilla and a lingering char and woody notes. Do you put your pinky up when you sip your bourbon? Yes, I do. See? <laughs> Smooth with a hint of black pepper on the finish. So it is definitely a punch-you-in-the-face bourbon. Nah, I don't think so. Maybe when you first poured it, now that it opened up a little bit? No. No. Really? Yeah. It's punching in the face? It's not punching in the face. It's punching in the back of the throat. Hmm. <clears throat> really rough. Yeah. Right <laughs> Bad choice of words there, pal. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, see, it even says a slight burn. All right, so it's a it's a it's a moderate burn for me, um, but and leaves a little tingle on the tongue. Can't believe I just said that, but I did. <laughs> You're on a roll, bit. Rob. And I've only had two <laughs> sips of bourbon. Uh, overall, it is. I overall, I say it is a little complex. I wouldn't go an easy sipper for me. Um, I'll leave Sal to that. For the price point is thirty five to forty five dollars. Sorry, forty five to fifty five dollars. Um, I don't know, Sal. You, why don't you give it your review? As I'm thinking about what what um, rate I want to give on the nose. I mean, it depends if you if you do the. We like to do the dry glass to get the undertones of of the uh, of the bourbon. I'm getting the honey, honey vanilla. I don't get the maple that they say. I'm definitely, they're saying hint of honey, but I think the, I think it comes out in the undertones, but that sniffing of the glass into the mic is definitely, you can definitely pick that up awesome. as that. Um, so yeah, I get the, the honey in the, in the wet glass, uh, definitely in the, in the dry glass a, a vanilla, hint of vanilla as well. Um, I, uh, palette, definitely a lingering burn vanilla. It is deep, and yes, I'm going to have to agree with them. It's a little complex. I, I, I'm i not going to say it's an easy sipper. I'm going to have to agree with you. Definitely not an easy sipper. The other Redwood Empire that we had. I don't even remember what we gave. Oh, I do know what we gave it, but this is not going to be at the same level. No, no. This is a nice burn all the way through. Yes. For me, the price point's great. The price point is, is definitely a good price point. Um. I think the aroma is okay. I think the taste is, is lacking. Yes, I'm going to agree. Um, I, I'm not a fan. Definitely a lingering burn. Uh, I mean, it, it lingers longer. The other bottle of Redwood was much better, in my opinion. So the finish for me is, is a burn. Complex. Not an easy sipper. Um, my rank, I'm, I'm going to give this a... Um, I'm actually rather disappointed. I'd love, I'd love to give this a a better rating than what I'm thinking, but I'm gonna give this a five, man. <laughs> Maybe like a four, five. So I'm giving it a one on taste, a one on aroma, but it's relatively well priced. So I'm gonna give it. Actually, I'm gonna give it a a one on taste, a one and a half on aroma, because it does have nice, some nice subtle undertones. And then I'm gonna give it a two, so four and a half. Oh, look at that. Oh, wait. Okay. So what's your overall? Four and a half barrels. Four and a half. That's you and I. Four and a half. So, I mean, guys, everyone listening, don't don't get us wrong. Everybody's palate is different. And I say this only because I was by a friend's house and they offered me 
a basil Hayden. I forget. I forget what it is. The I think it might be the Mediterranean. What's what's the green label? Is that the Mediterranean? I think so. So I had he 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 offered me the basil Hayden, and both he and I, this was my first time ever having it, were were turned off by it. Didn't like it, and and both he and I agreed, Rick. Then you got that shot out, Rick. Yes. Then I was over another night, poured me a glass, but he didn't tell me what he poured. I don't know what I had that night, but my palate was different. And I actually enjoyed it. So, I mean, this is our first time tasting this. And and I un- from what I understand, the more the more the bottle is open, the different the the taste can well, the more it has the opportunity to, to breathe. breathe. Yeah, and I know some people they add drops of water to 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 their to to the um, to the bourbon to to enhance the flavor or change the flavor. We were on a bur- uh, whiskey tasting just at seven o'clock, and one of the last ones that we tasted, they said if, they said if you add one or two drops of water in in the the single malt whiskey, it changes it. So I did, and it absolutely did change it. I am. Not a single malt fan, so um, it was a little tough for me to get through the tasting. Not Charles, going. if you're listening, I have some samples for you. I'm not going to lie. It was tough getting through. But, again, I, it's going to be a four and a half for me based on based on right here, right now. Um, if it does change, if I do drink this bottle in a week and, and, and I say, holy shit, wow, this is really good, it, it opened up. Maybe we'll do a follow-up on Redwood Empire Pipe Dream. There you but go. But as for me tonight and Rob, we're giving it a four and a half barrel. And the reason we like this bottle for following the Mark Savant interview is because it's about Pipe Dream. Pipe Dream is one of the largest trees in the world, 14th, I think I said. And I believe, you know, what Mark is going after. I'm not saying it's a pipe dream, but it's definitely a dream. And a dream. And it's something we're also, you know, pursuing. And we felt it, it resonated with us to, to follow the, the interview. And we won't have some, a lot of those emotional type of ties to our interviews, but we just felt we were looking at the bottles we were going to uh, taste tonight and we felt this was uh, relevant. Yes, I agree. And that concludes our episode for this evening. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Tune in next time. Tune in next time to the Rad Dads podcast. And uh, we have some very special guests on next time. It's two guys named Rob and Sal. <laughs> and listen, if you like it or you don't like it, smash tell your that, friends. Yeah, smash that subscribe button. Smash that subscribe button. Tell your friends. Spread the word. I thank you for all our listeners who have already done that. And leave us a review. Join the Facebook group. Yeah, join the Facebook group. We're, we're uh, I'm starting to get uh, drop some. Actually, Rob's been pretty active on that. I have not. I've just been... Our social media department's lacking right now. Yes, I've been focusing on our IG (laughs) and our uh, uh, audiograms. There's only so much you can do. (laughs) But thank you guys for listening. It's because of you we we continue this. Rob and I are still having fun and are enjoying ourselves, especially when it comes to the part of the bourbon (laughs) tasting. This is true. But um, thank you again.